0: Hebrews chapter 11. We want to continue. Last week we started talking to you about faith and what faith is. Now we've talked a little bit about this. We've talked around this in a lot of messages, a lot of sermons. But we're dealing directly with Hebrews 11 uh, throughout this series. And uh, we want to talk about what faith is. We, last week we started dealing with uh, some of the heroes of the faith. I put up there last week some pictures of Batman and Superman and all those kind of things to give us these modern day heroes. And some of you even knew who those those individuals was. You've watched some of the movie. One of the new movies out just recently came out, I believe last week or two weeks ago, was Batman versus Superman, if that's your thing. I've not watched the movie. I've heard people say that it was good. And some people say they were mad when they, went, when they come out of the movie because of the way it ended, all those kind of things. But, uh, but Hebrews 11 deals with some of the heroes of faith that, we, uh, that we've talked about over and over again. I want, you to look at the, I want us to look at this first, ver- we, we want to take just the first verse tonight and deal with that. The Bible says this is, and you, and you know this verse, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So with me, faith is the substance of things hoped for. What are you hoping for tonight in your spirit man? What are the things that you're really desiring for God to accomplish in your life? What are you hoping? What is that, what is that drive, that, that goal, so to speak, that dream that maybe that God has placed upon your heart, upon your life, that, that maybe that you already know that there's no way that you can accomplish it unless the Lord joins up with you and then you're able to succeed and, and, and seeing those things. Faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Let me ask you one more question. How then, knowing that we, what we talked about last week about God's superheroes, how then can we be a superhero, if you will, for God? How can you and I, in 2016, be a superhero? I can't fly. I can't stay underwater a long time. I'm not Wonder Woman, of course, at all. You know, I'm, I'm not Superman that I can that I can leap tall buildings with a single bound or let bullets fly off of me and all of that. But in the spirit realm, how can I be a, a, a superhero of God? When you, when you do some research on Hebrews chapter 11, you'll understand that, the, that when Paul wrote this letter and, the, and those that received this letter were finding that their surroundings was sort of tough to live in. They were having a hard time. They were dealing with the hard things. And so the, 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 the people of... Of, of this of that, that read this letter they were, they, were, they were getting ready to give up If you will And it sort of sounds sort of like us at times We are ready to give up because of all the things That we have to deal with And so Paul wrote this letter as, a, as an encouragement For them to go forward in their faith To keep on believing and make a difference in God And, and if, I, if I didn't say anything else tonight Let me stop here long enough to tell you this Don't give up on God now, we talked about, giving, don't, about, about not giving up last week, but, but let me remind you one more time. Don't give up on God. God's still the same God as He's always been. He's on the throne tonight. He understands that how everything is moving. He understands how, every, how everything is being placed in order, the pieces of the puzzle, so to speak. We may think that this world is in chaos, and sometimes I, I feel the same way. We may feel like that this political system that we're in is just, is just haywire, and I, I feel the same way that you feel like. But hey, God's got everything in control. We don't have to worry how things is going to turn out. God has got everything in control. And so then this, this letter is meant to encourage them to go forward, to, to, to encourage them to, to move from where they are, from where they, God wants them to be, to keep on believing, to make a difference for God. To realize, even as verse 2 that says, that faith is the way to please God. For for by it the elders obtained a good report, the Bible said, or a good testimony, so to speak. And so we've got to have this, this thing called faith developing in our life every day. It's like a man, an old story, and I know you've heard this story before. It's like a man that fell off a cliff, but he managed to grab onto this tree limb, and he was way down, and he was getting ready to, to fall, and this following conversation uh, took place. Is anybody up there? He, he cried out, and, and, and the Lord answered back, said, I am here. I am the Lord. Do you believe me? The Lord said. He said, Yes, Lord, I believe. I really believe, but I can't hang on much longer. That's all right. If you really believe, you've got nothing to worry about. I will save you. Just let go of the branch. Now, he couldn't see God. He could hear God, but he couldn't see God. And he said, the guy thought about it a little bit. He yelled back up and said, is there anybody else up there? In other words, he wanted something tangible. He wanted something that he could grab a hold of. God was saying, I'm here. Just let go of the branch. And really, isn't that like us many times when God just when he really wants us to let go of things. and But God, I can't let go of things because if I do that, this is going to happen. Or this is going to happen. And God said, I've got you. Just trust in me. Believe upon me. Just let go and everything will be all right. So Hebrews 11, 1 defines faith this way. It's faith that is being sure and certain of what you do not see yet. Sort of like that word, yet. It's it's, it's believing on those things that I, I, I haven't been able to tangibly grab a hold of yet. But I know that God has spoke to me about it. It's seeing in the spirit realm. I'm not talking about this name and claiming kind of thing. So don't, don't get on that tangent, all right? But the scripture tells us that by faith, the elders obtained a good report. By faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. They trusted God. How, how, how do you think... That, that, that the That the prophet stood up by the Red Sea one day and he, and he, and he held the cane or his staff up and, and he said, "God, do something right He didn't know that the waters was going was going to split he didn't know what was going to take place, but by faith he chose to listen to God. How do you feel that Daniel of old when he was put into the lion's' den he didn't know if the lions was going to eat him or not, but by faith he he went on in there anyway. The, the three Hebrew children, they didn't know if they was going to get burned up or not. Matter of fact, they even said, you know, we, we, we may not make it out of this thing, but my God is able. They still believed that report. They still understood that this is the God that we're serving. And many times, we just got to learn to let go of some things. We've got to just go into the fire and, and I don't want to ask this question, but let me just go ahead and throw it at you anyway. How many of you have felt like you've been in a fire before? Or you was getting ready to be thrown into the fire, and you didn't know what the outcome was going to be, that somehow and some way God saw fit to bring you through the fire, amen? He saw fit. That was faith in your part. So faith is being sure. It's being certain of what we do not see yet. But hey, just listen. When you look at Romans chapter 8 verse 24, the Bible says, For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Why does one still hope for what... There's no reason for us to hope then. It's already there, right? It's already available to us. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience or perseverance. We eagerly wait for it. We don't see God yet, right? But we believe He's coming. I've not seen Jesus face to face, but I believe that He is there, right? I've not, I've not heard the trumpet sound as we know that on the end times that the trumpet's going to sound and, and the dead in Christ is going to... We hadn't heard that yet, but I believe, Brother Adam, that's what the Word says, and I, and I choose to trust and believe by faith in what the Word says. Amen. That God is going to see us through. We believe Jesus rose again, though we cannot prove it maybe scientifically. There's an empty tomb over there, but I don't even, I'm not even sure if that's the actual tomb. I've been inside that tomb, and that's what they say, Sister Ruth, but it may have been another hole way back 2,000 years ago. I don't know. But the point is, ain't nobody there today. By faith, we know that he arose from the dead and he's ascended to the Father. We believe in heaven, but, but nobody tomorrow can get in a car and go there and check it out, right? We've heard about it. We can read about it we be, we, and we believe in that, but we can't go and check it out and, and, and look at, the, at, at what room we want before booking a room there, all right? Just understand that God's preparing a place for you. You ain't got to book it. The only way you got to book it is just be ready to go. All right? You ain't got to get on the phone call. You ain't got to talk, talk to no desk clerk or anything. You just got to be ready to go should Jesus come back. And what do you mean by that, Pastor? You got to be saved. You got to be born again. Amen. And so, but we believe that it exists. Talking about heaven. So faith means having convictions. Being assured that something is true even if you cannot see it. Let me ask you something. How many of you have ever seen the wind? Where's no takers. How many of you has ever felt the wind? How many of you have ever seen God? But how many of you have ever felt God? Way down deep. Amen. So there's a lot of things we may not can see, but we still know that it's true. And uh, if, if, if you're an animal lover, you know that in Africa, there's an animal called the impala, and I've, and I've talked about this before. This, this animal can jump to a height they say, of over 10 feet and cover a distance of 30 feet when he he makes that one leap. But if you go to a zoo, if you go to a zoo to see this animal, he can be kept in an enclosure in a zoo with a three-foot wall. This is an animal that can jump 10 feet high and over 30 feet, but he can be kept with a three-foot wall because, here's the point, the animals will not jump if they cannot see Where their feet is going to land. They won't do it. They won't jump. What do you think about from the spirit realm, though? Many of us, we're like this animal. If we don't see where we're going to land, we ain't doing it, God. We ain't jumping. We ain't getting out of our nest. We're not getting out of our comfort zone. We're not moving from where we are because I sort of like it here. It's sort of comfortable here, God. I'm not getting out there somewhere. I heard somebody tell me the other day, said, Brother Danny, I... I feel like that God is stretching me. And I said to him, I said, yeah, you're probably right. God is stretching you. If you feel that way, he probably is. How many have ever felt that way before? That's not a bad place to be, but allow God to take you to those areas. Allow God by faith. Let go of the branch. Get out of that safety net, so to speak. Let God take you and develop you. The only way that God can develop you from where you are right now, you've got to be willing to trust him, right? You've got to be willing to step out on faith. Maybe it feels like it's nothing, but hey, God can carry you there. God can take you to that place. He can take you and move you from, from the place that you're at. Uh, and so we understand that, that, that faith is something that grows within us. Faith is not, is not the absence of doubt. It's not. It is maintaining a trust. It's maintaining a belief even in spite of all the things, the doubts that maybe you'll have. How many would agree with me when I say that you can have faith but still have some doubts? You can. You can have faith, but you still. But we're human beings. So God understands that's how we're going to be, right? You've heard me tell this story, and, and it all often comes back to my mind. Is when we was in Honduras and we got ready to cross that creek, I had doubts. We was going to make it. I had serious doubts. So much so that forget about the praying. I was ready for the back door to open up. If he took out across that creek, and, and I knew what would happen. I knew what would happen. I've saw, saw YouTube videos of, of things like this happen before. These, these low low vans to the ground, and, and that high water comes up, and they'll just sweep them off. I've saw it many times. And I told Omar, and Brother Eric was telling Omar, don't go across that creek. If you decide to go across that creek, let me out. This is before our team come down there. And there was other females, and us guys in there. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't concerned about praying. Maybe I should. But I I had my my hand on the door. This is the way now. Y'all may think I'm weird and you may think this is pastor. That's not, you shouldn't be this way. But look, God's give us common sense. Hello. There's some things I ain't got to pray about. Hello. Now, if I get myself in a mess and I can't get out of it, that's maybe one thing, but I didn't get myself in this mess, but I'm getting out of it. And I had my hand on the door and I said, if we go across and that van starts to move, this door is coming open. And sure enough, When we hit that water, I never heard the most praying going on with them women that was in that van in all my life. They got to praying, speaking in tongues, and you thought heaven come down. But still, it didn't dawn on me to pray. My hand was on the door. I'm fixing to leave this place. I'm getting out. I'm not dying in Honduras. I'm not floating down some stinking river and end up in wherever, Rio Blanco, (laughs) wherever down there. But faith... My faith was in the door that I could get it open. My faith was in my, in, my, in my know-how of how to move the handle and get the door open and get out of there. Now, fortunately, God helped us, and he got us on through. So faith sometimes can still be there, but doubt can, can be there too. And so it doesn't mean that there's no evidence when we have that doubt to support the faith. It's, it, it, it's, it's not a leap in the dark, so to speak. Sometimes it is. But there's other times, even when those doubts come, you know, we think, well, if, Lord, if I doubt you, I'm, I'm, you're, you're, you're not going to come through. That's not necessarily the case all the time. We can still have the doubt, but have faith as well. Faith begins to grow in us. Number two is this. Faith is our response to the revelation of God. When he shows us thing, when, he, when God uh, gives us those moments, every time that, that happens, those moments, those, those revelation t- kind of experiences, it, it, that's supposed to help our faith to grow. When God ministers to somebody, we, our faith needs to grow. When we know God has healed somebody, our faith needs to grow. When we get a phone call and God is touched and God is blessed and we know that it's God, our faith needs to grow. All of those moments are God's revelation times. That's His manifestation times that allows our faith to grow. But there's something more to it than that. Romans 10 and uh, 17 says this, So then faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. It comes by the Word of God. Faith is ultimately based upon what God reveals in His Word. The Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's revealed in His Word. And as we look through Hebrews, you'll find time and time again that you'll see real faith that is based upon the revelation of what God shows us through His Word and other events that He gives us that we participate in in our daily life. Noah heard God. Think about it. Noah heard God, Abraham heard God, Moses heard God. The point is, at that time in their life, God revealed himself to them. Could have been in word, it could have been in nature, but in the Bible, but as I said last week, most of all, he reveals himself through his son, Jesus Christ, to us. More than anything else, through his son, Jesus Christ. God has spoken through his son. Matter of fact, Jesus, did he not? Did he say, if you see me, you've seen the father. What are you looking for the father? You see me. If you see me, you're looking for the father. <laughs> was it Was it yesterday you and, you and mom was over at, at Adam's house? I think it was yesterday, There was and, and Karen was FaceTiming uh, with Ella. And so dad, she moved the phone over, and dad saw my picture on the phone. And, and I don't know what you said. What did you say? Revelation, all right. You you know, I remember I told y'all that before. When I walk in front of a mirror, sometimes I think, "Oh Lord, there's Daddy." (laughs) You know, have you ever done that before with your mom and dad? So, so God, God said, if Jesus said, if you if you see me, you've seen the Father. You've seen the Father. Christianity is is what they call a revealed faith. We see things, we understand those things, and so our faith begins to grow. God has revealed Himself. Faith is having convictions. It's having certainties in response to the revelations or the Word of God that He gives us. Even even when there are appearances, even to the contrary at times, but God always shows up faith. Great faith, great faith is often seen as the ability to cause the miraculous to take place. It's not happened yet, Pastor, but I've watched show after show and I've been in service after service where I know that God has showed up. Have you? And you know God has touched somebody. You know God has healed somebody. You know God has healed somebody. I, I, I often remember old James McElroy. He pastors a great church in, in, in I think it's Grenada, Grenada, Mississippi now, a young guy that grew up in Arkansas. When, I, when we went to camp, one of his first experiences in youth camp, some of you guys may remember this, he, on the first day he broke his arm. That's playing football or playing something, he broke his arm. Broke it. clean in two. He went to the doctor. They put a cast on that night, the first night in, in, in the youth camp service, God healed him, and he took the cast off. Now, I never saw anything like that before, but God healed. They took him back to the x-ray. They, God healed, healed his arm. God can, you say, Pastor, can God do? Yeah, God can do those things. I've I, I saw it other times when things begin to happen like that. I've saw, saw where, where where a video of, of this lady's leg that was shorter than the other, how God caused it to grow. And, and story after story we could cause. But what happens with that is faith, great faith, is often seen as the ability to move and let the miraculous take place. There are many ministers in our land that has healing kind of ministries, that has miraculous things to take place in their ministry. I can't understand it. But God has, God even told us his word to some he gives that gift to. And God blesses them with that. Jesus even said in Luke 17, said the apostle said to the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. I found myself many times with people even in our church. I'll get down to pray, Sister Marilyn, and and in my my flesh, I'm praying hard. Praying hard, God, heal this person. I'm even grunting, heal this person. You know what I'm talking about. Because the desire you really want to see, that person healed. You really want to see that person delivered. I don't know that you have to do that. Probably you don't. And so, Lord, if, 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 it's, not, if it's me, then help my faith to grow. Help my faith to increase. Give me better faith, God, where, where when I lay hands on somebody, not that I'm laying, not the, it's not the laying on the hand. That's not what I'm talking about. But God, help me to be the conduit of whatever you need to use me for so that people can be healed. Why? To give Danny glory? No. To give God the glory, to give the Lord the glory, amen. It's, it's all about that. So faith then comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, amen. And so, Lord, increase our faith. And he told him in verse 6 of 17, he says, If you've got faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be pulled up by the roots, and be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Well, sometimes that sort of makes me feel bad. Lord, I must not even have faith as a mustard seed. I, my faith must really be weak. But Lord, if that's the case, then increase, increase my faith. What takes what, what t- takes even more faith is to is to is to carry on day in and day out, trusting God. Trusting God, and here's, here's the point. Even if he does not heal. That takes faith. I don't understand why God heals this and God doesn't heal that. But Whatever the case, whatever the reason, God, let me trust you even though I may not see the healing right now. It may come a year down the road or five years down the road or whatever the case. But God, help my faith and my trust in you. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego faith. Lord, I don't know if you're going to deliver me from the fire. But I know you're able. They stood before the fiery furnace. Many of you all know that story. People that threw them in, they they died themselves because it was so hot. I don't know if you're going to heal me, but God, I know you're able to take care of us. Amen. So faith, faith, faith is our response to the revelation of God. Now understand this, that when talking about faith, I'm, I'm not saying that if God gives us the faith, we don't and you don't, I don't, we can't manipulate God. That makes sense. We, we we don't need to underst- we can't manipulate God. God's not going to be manipulated. God's God. God do whatever He wants to. Amen. God's God. Now that means that we can exclude certain things, and sometimes people get confused with faith in that area. Some some teaching of faith, matter of fact, implies that that we can manipulate God and just do this or do that and, and we, can, we can change the, the mind of God, health and wealth. People often make that out. If you, if you obey certain rules, you can, you can get God to do whatever you want to do. No, God God's God. God's God. If faith is our response to what God has said, it is not us taking the initiative. It's just us believing in Him and let God do what God wants to do. God, I trust you whether you do it or whether you don't i 'm still going to trust you. job said, Lord, I, I, you know though, though you slay me i 'm still going to trust you i don't I, the, all these bad things have taken place i 've lost my home i 've lost my family i 've lost my kids i've lost my wealth i 've lost everything, but God, if you still slay me, if you, if you, if you kill me i 'm still going to trust you we 've got to get to that place that no matter what happens. Now this is hard for us sometimes as, even as Pentecostal people, and we can be the best Pentecostal Man or woman, we can be, but let some tragedy takes place in our life. And we start blaming God. We start questioning things. And, I, and, I, and I'm sure that's some, a human nature kind of thing a little bit to some extent. But when it all settles down, we've got to ask ourselves, do we really trust Him or do we not? Do we trust God to, to lead us and to direct us even in the midst of those adversities? Do we trust God to lead us even in the midst of the tragedy that's taken place? Do we really trust God? God, do you really know everything about me that, that maybe you see the future that I don't see? And for some reason, for somehow, you know, you've know, you chose to do this way. Faith is our response to what God has said. It's not, it's not us taking the initiative and, so, and, and then deciding what is needed and, and, and pushing the button, so to speak, just like God's some kind of machine that, that he can whatever. No. God's God. It's more than just wishful thinking. It's more than just wishful being positive thinking. And I, and I think we need to have a positive attitude. But it's more than that. It's not faith. That's not the faith that we're talking about. Christian faith is, is a response to God's revelation, as we said. How God reveals himself through word and deed and all those kind of things. Let me give you just a, just a real simple example that illustrates both, both of the points about manipulating God and positive thinking. What if... I, in faith, what if I, in faith, declare that I want an Aston Martin DB9 car? Does anybody know what that is? You got a picture of it? Look at that. That's a fine automobile. That is a fine automobile. You won't find that automobile for $30,000. You won't even find that automobile for $70,000. You may be lucky to find that thing for $100,000, but I doubt you will. Typically, this automobile sells for anywhere from two hundred dollars to $300,000. Would not you like to ride around in that? Man, I would. If somebody would give it to me, I will not buy it. No, but you can put a hitch on it, Larry. We well, can pull a trailer. Put a hitch on it. If it costs $300,000, it's got to have a motor, be, 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 pull a trailer. Put a horse trailer on it, man. But that's a fine that's a fine car. But what if, what if I in faith say, I, this is what I want. I'm naming it and I'm claiming it, so to speak. And I will speak of the things as though they're not as though they were. We've made those statements before. And I believe that to some extent. And when you see me driving, you may think, well, that's not one of those Ashton Martin. That's a, that's a Honda or a Pinto or a Volkswagen. You may think, well that, that that's one of those cars. But if you look at it in the eyes of God, it's one of those Ashton Martin cars. Every time you get in it, oh, this is one of these cars. Some of us probably, this is not, this is not probably probably not biblical, but it's a it's a good practical thing for it to help you. You probably need to think that way and when you go to purchase a car. That would help you not overspend. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 if you look at it in the eyes of faith, God is going to give this to me so that I can do the Lord's work, but only faster. I'm gonna. God's going to bless me with this car so I can do it, but only faster. My Honda Accord and my Pinto don't do as fast as this car will go, and I can do all the things of God, all those kind of things. Now, even with more style and more excellence. Now, sometimes those are excuses and we talk about extravagance and all those kind of things and it'll be glorifying God and we you we can we can label it any way that we want to we we've heard the old cliche you know you don't need to drive a a Cadillac when you can't afford the, the gas for a pinto and things like that hello so we gotta we gotta be practical in the things that's not faith it might be an attempt to manipulate God or just a case of of extreme wishful thinking extreme wishful thinking have that positive attitude but if God, if God clearly tells us that he wants us to have a Ashton, an Ashton Martin car and I'm not making it up, then I'll have one. Or you'll have one. Whatever the case may be. Now some of us, we don't even like to include God in our decisions of purchasing a car, but we should. We really should. God cares about everything about us. God really does. He cares about everything. And you say, well, Pastor, I don't think God is concerned with what kind of car I, I buy. Well, okay, go buy it then. But I want to I at least pray to God. I said, God, is, is everything okay with this? If, if something is not all right, shut the door somehow. If this is a lemon, so to speak, this is going to give me problems, then close the door. I, I don't, I don't want to get this vehicle here. God cares about every, every one of those things. So faith is a response to God's revelation, not, not my wishful thinking, not my positive attitude. And and uh, and, and uh, it's just it's it's simply me trusting God, and allowing my faith to grow in God. Faith faith is more than just a, even a doctrinal thing. We can talk about it from a doctrinal standpoint, but it's even more than that. It it it's it's not even uh, a set of doctrines or a, or a doctrinal things in in the sense like like reciting a creed in the sense of I believe I believe that is true. James, James tells us that, that the devils believe. I mean, they believe and they tremble, the Bible said. The devils believe and they tremble. So it's more personal than that. It's when we not only accept something is true, but we begin to rest, sort of settle. So when the storms come and the waves come and the winds come, we're not going to get knocked off our, our, our heel. Our faith in God is going to be standing and standing firm. I'm not going to build my house on the sand. I'm going to build my house on the rock. But when the storms come and all those kind of things come, when the big bad wolf comes to blow my house down, I'm, my faith in Christ is going to, is going to sustain me, right? It's going to sustain me. You may have heard this, this story, this famous tightrope walker who crossed Niagara Falls and huge crowds come to watch him cross, this, cross uh, Niagara Falls. And when he asked the crowd, he said he was willing to take somebody uh, across and nobody was prepared to go across with him. Nobody. Except this little old lady. His mama. His mama trusted this boy. Trusted him. And that's what faith in Jesus really is. She she knew him. She trusted him. She depending upon him. Not just thinking something's true, but, but entrusting yourself to the Lord fully. So the question is, Pastor, that how, how do we grow in faith? How do we allow God to come in and grow our faith? One of the first things you've got to do that I that we can understand very, very easy is we've got to feed our faith. Everybody say, feed it. We know what happens when we put food in our body, right? You can look at me and, and tell what happens, especially a lot of food. I enjoy food. I, I like the taste of food. I'm a meat and tater guy. I'd rather, I'd rather eat meat and taters than I had the sweets. And I like the sweets, but I like, I like the meat and potatoes. I love, I love how it tastes, but I've got to feed it. So if I want something to grow, I've got to feed it. So depending on where you are, depending on, on where you are, will mean a different diet for, for one or another person. You don't put steak and chips before a baby and say, here, eat this. No, well, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to give them baby food. And they're going to grow. It's a process. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, right? Hearing by the Word. The Word comes from God. comes from God. So faith comes by hearing the message. Faith comes by hearing the message. And so if I have to feed my faith, what do I need to do? I've got to get into the Word. I've got to feed the Word to me. I've got to study the Word. I've got to immerse myself into the Word of God. Read it, study it, get into it. Let it get into you. Hide the Word in your heart so you might not sin against God. Hide those things in there. Another way to feed it is through fellowship. When we come together through Christ, amen. We talk to one another. We deal with one another. We pray with one another. We support one another. Hebrews 10 and 25, when we meet together, we are meant to encourage one another, the Bible said, or to support one another. Sundays are important. Sunday nights are important. Anytime we can come together is important. I know we can't make every service, but every moment that we can make, it's important that we have fellowship with one another in order for the faith to grow in us. How does faith grow, Pastor, when we we come together in fellowship? Well, before you know it, somebody's going to start talking about how good God is. Before you know it, somebody's going to start talking about what God done for you that day, and it's going to increase your faith. It's going to increase. Hey, if God can do it for that person, God can do it for me. Let me share what God done for me today. Amen. Let me share. Hey, I, let me give y'all a testimony. I, I ain't even shared y'all shared this with you. Usually, this is tax season, right? Usually, I don't get no tax back. I pay quarterly tax, probably like some of you, and I don't get no tax back. But because Abby went to school this year, I got a tax credit. I get money back this year. Yeah. So you say, well, pastor, that ain't nothing to shout about. Oh, yes, it is. I don't normally get it back. Now I get it back. I'm shouting about it. Do what you want to. You know, so you get get money back. Well, you just got to have to pay it back in again. You're going to spend on something. I don't care. I'm still getting it back. Be positive about this thing. And so we fellowship and we feed those things. The uncomfortable truth is that faith grows best, and we don't like this. Faith grows best when it's put to the test. We don't like the test. We don't like the hardships. We don't like the struggle. But faith grows best. Why why do you think that is? Because you're going to rely on somebody. And most of them, as God's people, you're going to rely on God, right? We're going to turn to God. Especially in the bad times, and so 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 this can happen, as we know in a lot of ways. Maybe God uh, challenge us to step out in a new way; it involves risk. Maybe sometimes that uh, that when our faith is tested, it's exercised, and by obedience it grows and it strengthens. More uncomfortable, yet it's what Paul says in Romans five and three. It says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that sufferings produces. Patience or perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. Amen. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given unto us. Look at the scripture one more time. Suffering. Who likes to suffer? I don't like to suffer. Who wants to have hardships? I don't want to have hardships. But suffering produces a perseverance within us. That's what the Scripture says. And and here's the point I want to make to you. So many times we as God's people, we look at that from a negative sense. We don't like the suffering, but count count it a blessing at times. Because through that suffering, God is producing something in you. God is creating something in you. He's creating a perseverance and a patience within you because you don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. You may need the struggle today in order to face the struggle tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow going to hold. But we've got we've to deal with this situation here. That, that the sufferings is going to produce that. And perseverance is going to give us the character that we need. We're not going to go around mumbling and grumbling all the time because we've got a character now with God. We're going to trust God. Our faith in God is going to grow with Him. Because we've had this perseverance issue. We've had this suffering issue in times past. And it's developed within us. It's developed within us. That's not all. We gladly suffer because we know that suffering helps us to endure. Suffering helps us to endure. You've heard the old, the old analogy before about, about the butterfly and the cocoon. How the little boy found the cocoon and saw the little butterfly working hard to get his wings out of the cocoon. And the little boy thought he was doing the butterfly a favor by opening up the cocoon. And all the little boy was doing that he did not know he was doing was destroying and killing the butterfly But because it was through the hardship that the butterfly was, was producing a perseverance. It was producing strength. It was allowing the fluids to flow into all the veins of the wings and all of those things concerning that cocoon and butterfly that when that butterfly finally got out of the cocoon, he was able to fly. Well, sometimes let's look at it from a standpoint of, 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 of our children even. Sometimes we'll help our children, and, I'm, and, and, and we can go here and there, but, but I think you'll understand what I'm saying. Sometimes we over-help our kids. If you don't if get mad at me for saying that. Sometimes we, we do too much for them, and it, we never allow them to grow. We never allow them to learn. It's okay for your kid to fall. It's okay for them to get bruised every now and then. It's all right to, to scratch their knee. Now, I know we'll run over there, and mamas and daddies and grandparents do it too. I do it. Pick them up, you know. Brush them off. Ella come up, and this afternoon right before church, she wanted to go outside on the deck. And, and so climbing the stairs, her little legs wasn't, wasn't really long enough to get the stairs, so she'd grab Papa's finger and we'd go up the stairs. But it wasn't but about four or five times she didn't want to grab my finger no more. She wanted to do it herself. So it, you have to make the decision. Well, do I let her do? Because there's a risk of falling, right? But sometimes, and we use that just that little analogy. But it, that could be anything in life with our children, especially. But sometimes we'll, we do too much and not allow growth to take place in their life. Allow growth to take place. I'm going to tell you. I, I think back at our, in my childhood, and, and I'm thinking I should have been dead with, with the thing. And I, I'm not blaming mom and daddy for letting me do some of the things they didn't know that I'd done. All right? Man, we'd get in in all kinds of stuff. And it was by the grace of God, he just brought us through. Yeah, we would have scratched up legs and barbed wire and briars and all that kind of stuff. But at least we was able to get out there. I think every kid needs to be brought up in the country, not the city. Get him out in the country somewhere. I was riding an old horse one time. You'll like this, Larry. And the stinking saddle, the stinking saddle come undone. But I was holding on for dear life. you remember this? It was over at, at, at uh, I can't remember where it was at, at uh, Sioux and, uh, I don't, can't remember. But the saddle come loose. I was holding on and that saddle went underneath that horse. I was still on the saddle. And every time that horse run, he'd kick me in the head. He'd kick me in the head and kick me in the head. And I'm thinking, you know, horse, you need to stop because that hurts. And I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't let go. Finally, I know I had to let go, you know, but it would hurt. But it didn't kill me. But I learned something from it. I didn't get back on that horse. And if I did, I was going to make sure the saddle was going to be tight. I was going to tighten it up so I could stay on there. So we've done all kinds of those things. But my point is this to you. We all suffer at times. But if we don't, if we don't suffer, if we don't endure those things, it's not going to develop nothing within us. You ever heard of a spoiled brat? I'm getting on us now. <laughs> you can see a lot of those in Walmart if you go and just stand around a while. Getting off my message. Let's go. Trials we will have. Trials we're going to have. Trials we're going to have. But the truth about trials is very simple. They're difficult to endure. We know that. But if we allow God to teach us through the trials, hear me now, if we allow God to teach us through the trials in closing... We can rejoice because when the trial is over, we will have learned to trust Jesus better than we ever have before. We're going to lean upon Him. The old song Andre Crout said, the old song through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. It's a learning process. It's something that you and I, we have to go through. Every one of us, we have to go through. We deal with it. We go through it all the time. And God develops us. He strengthens us. He matures us. And we're able to make tomorrow because we don't know what tomorrow holds, as we've said. We don't know what the, tri- the trial will be tomorrow. But through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Oh, Job got everything back. And then so. Simply because he chose to trust in an almighty God. Amen. Faith. Let faith grow in you. Let faith develop in you. Let faith work those Areas out in your life, (laughs) it'll stretch you. You'll have to step out there sometimes, but allow faith to do that. Let go of the branch. Let God take you. Let God catch you. Let God carry you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. We're so thankful for you. many blessings. We're thankful, God, for everything that you mean to us tonight. God, help us. Help us as your people, O God, to allow faith to grow within us. I understand, God, that because of that, sometimes we, have to, we might have to endure some things. But, God, don't let us lose hope with you simply because we have to endure those things. But let us walk strong. Let us hold our head high. Let us hold on to the nail-scarred hand of Jesus Christ. Because we know, God, that after the trial, our trust in you will be better. We'll lean upon you more and more as, as, as we go along in this walk. Every, everything will be okay. And we know and we will know that Jesus really is the answer to everything that we need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.